Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. And, and today I, I'm, I'm we, are, we have a special. Am, am I coming we're, through? We're aware. You are. <laughs> you, you are now. Yes. Uh, okay. Cool. I uh, need to move someplace with better internet, David. This I is... know it sucks. All right. Anyway, uh, we're here on a bonus episode with Ayla, who you've probably heard of. But if you haven't, she is one of OnlyFans top creators. Uh, last I heard a top 0.04% earner. Uh, a blogger, Twitter personality, inventor of the game Asshole, which I highly recommend, and to quote Jacob Falkovich, the most interesting woman in the world. So, Ayla, thank you for being Aww. here with us. Oh, that's so sweet, Jacob. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know he said that. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm like here stuffing my face with In-N-Out Burger, uh, ready to talk some shit. No, no, that was the last podcast you did. <laughs> oh, 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 right. Okay. We're here to be extremely classy and only say very intelligent things. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. So, uh, Ayla. Wait, Wes, uh, Wes, Wes, yeah, before we what? start, you forgot the most important thing. Ayla's a fellow rationalist. I, I was just getting to that. Oh, just God, getting to that. Jesus. All yeah. right. <laughs> it wasn't in your God. outline. Dear God. Everything else was in your outline, but this I wasn't. So I, okay. I know. I didn't no. write it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. Uh, so- I can assure you we are professionals and good at this. <laughs> So, Ayla, um, as I was about to ask, uh, 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 all of, uh, our, our audience is almost entirely rationalists. Um, and I was going to ask, what, what is your connection to the rationalist community? Well, I like hanging out around them a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. I started reading Less Wrong in like 2014 or something. And then just kind of hung out with rationalists ever since then. I've, uh, I, I like them a lot. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, they like you too. Oh, uh, that's nice. Every time, every time, every time your name gets mentioned, everyone, everyone is like, "Oh, then Ayla's great." She's oh, that's one. so good, dude. Because <laughs> you never know. You never know. People are like talking total shit behind your back, and like sometimes people talk shit about me online, and I'm like, I, I just this constant paranoia, like a little bit, like a tiny little, like, oh god, what if people are like, well, you know, Ayla's like kind of sucks. You never know. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't really hang out with the hardcore rationalists who do like the AI stuff. Um, I only hang out with uh, the, the Bayesian conspiracy people who are, you know, not, a bit not on the casual side. Yeah, a bit on the casual side. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody. No, I don't, I don't think we have any like CFAR employees in the server. None of us can do Bayesian probabilities in our head. Yeah. I believe uh, we still have Scott but, Alexander skulking around somewhere, but I think he has not I mean, technically, more than five times. Technically, he's in the server, but also so is Ayla. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think she reads much of what goes on there. Uh, so, Ayla, uh, the reason we asked you to come on the show originally was because, uh, as our listeners will know in our last episode, we were discussing the situation with OnlyFans and how they decided to not allow sexually explicit content anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And then since we scheduled the interview, OnlyFans reversed that decision. Yep. uh, And which was like six days later. Um, So we're mostly here to get your perspective on that whole situation. Um, So, so like, do you have, do you have like opening thoughts on that? Well, so, like, most people ask me about this sort of, like, assuming that I know a lot because I 
do a lot of OnlyFans, but like that does not necessarily put me in like a good position. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you as we start this like interview podcast. No, no, we're not here to get like insider information. Um, okay. Mostly I just wanted like the perspective of someone who is yeah. a performer on OnlyFans. Like, how has this affected you? Like, how do you feel about this? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's reasonable. Excuse me. I'm processing gas right now but it's it was like uh, really do you put that do you, is that content you should be putting out it is it is believe it or not okay yeah I, no no i mean like should you be putting up. it on your only fans instead yeah of yeah that's what i mean yeah. wait seriously i mean i can edit that out if needed <laughs> <laughs> no isolate no. it and sell it in yash god <laughs> yeah yeah we're thinking need, man yeah we need to uh put up a uh, an uncensored version of this interview for like our $50 and up patrons. Yeah, yeah, mm. edit that edit that part out for everyone but patrons. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when I uh, when I like post f- f- uh, photos sometimes like I, I'll do like a very subtle face filter to make myself look more attractive, but I'll leave in uh, pimples sometimes so that people mm. process it as more genuine. Uh, very similar to belching. Interesting. <laughs> Um, so one of my, my favorite, I, I, my favorite quote from you about this whole only man situation was from your Twitter where you said, it's like KFC saying we're going to ban chicken. What does that even mean? <laughs> to, to be fair, I did get that, uh, reference from somebody else. I just want to get credit. I don't know where I got it, but, uh, sounds like original content to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I don't know what the hell is going on with OnlyFans, but when they said they're going to ban porn, like at first I didn't really believe it because like everybody has had rumors that OnlyFans is going to ban the explicit material for like a long time. Mm-hmm. You get like girls in the group chats being like, "Oh my god, did you see this thing?" Uh, but then I looked at the news reports okay. and uh, there was like a couple traits that were new in this kind of reporting. Um, like they reported that they had like direct quotes specifically from OnlyFans, which is, and then that made me concerned, turned out to be real. And then uh, I set up a Fansly, it's the OnlyFans competitor that everybody appeared to agree was the way to go. Um, okay. And it was like pretty stressful because I'm like moving at this point, uh, like across states and had to uh, like figure out like how I'm going to delete all of my old explicit content. Um, if, if this is going to impact my finances going forward, it's like, I have like I mean, plans based not? on what I think I can make. Uh, and so I was like, Oh, do I have to abandon all those plans now? Yeah. I don't know. The, the usual basic sort of like, Oh, my business is being interrupted kind of stress. Yeah. Uh, so this interesting, you said there were, there have been rumors about this for a while. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and as I gather only fans, uh, to- told the media before they told any of their performers. Yes, this is true. And did you, um, did you was there any communication from them? No. Uh, I emailed one of my contacts there at OnlyFans and he just gave me this exact same copy pasta that they gave the the other news outlets, uh, mm. which you know verified that it was true, but um, they didn't tell us anything. Like I some some people were saying there's a rumor going around that uh, the that uh, Leo um, who I think like owns the majority share of, of OnlyFans, yeah. uh, like made an, a sort of decision independently of everybody else to, you know, just like, fuck it, we're going to ban it. And like everybody else was scrambling during that period of time, people were messaging support asking if this was true. And to the people uh, were responding from support with extremely confident messages that this is absolutely not true. This is a stupid rumor. Uh, and I, I, this looks like indication of like really, uh, bad internal communication at the company yeah oh you wow said- so so support so you're after you're you're a bunch of creators are asking support like hey i heard they're banning 
sexually explicit content. Is this true? And they're saying, no, absolutely not. Correct. They said we will never do that. Oh, because there's these rumors have been going around for a long time then. And they address this often. Um, they had, yeah, I think, I, I don't know exactly, like, people would always just, like, link to news articles that, that seem to imply, you know, scare tactics that OnlyFans is going to ban porn. But it was during that period of time, during that, that day where they had started reporting on it, but, like, nothing was told to the creators. That was when we were getting the very mixed messaging. Do you think those rumors are, that like, the previous ones from way back, were they ever based on anything serious, or is this more like the standard because every other platform ever has gotten rid of porn once they got successful uh i don't know if it was based on anything serious um, do you have any insight as to why why this decision was made or then why it was backed off of um i, I mean there's like theories going around mm-hmm. one is that leo I, I needed to actually double check this i think leo was being investigated by the bbc for uh like various like child pornography stuff um like not actually having child pornography being like vaguely associated with some people who are doing it or something like that, or like not getting it off of his previous platforms. Uh, Leo, by the way, owns my free cams. I don't know if you're familiar. This was the site that I used beforehand um, before OnlyFans. So he's like been in the adult industry for a long time. And so they were doing some like gotcha report. And if I remember correctly, I kind of want to Google this right now to be sure. Um, right after OnlyFans announced that they were banning explicit content, the BBC published this like gotcha thing. Um, so one of the theories is that uh, like the OnlyFans team got wind that the BBC was about to publish this expose and then decided to do this to sort of get ahead of it. Um, or maybe this was like the thing that like broke the camel, like straw, straw camel back breaking yeah. um, that finally triggered him doing it. Um, they've been wanting to get another rumor is that they've been wanting to get the lower uh, fees from like the payment processor companies for a while, like the 2% as opposed to the like 7 to 10% that they currently have to pay. And that they were hoping that like uh, banning explicit material could do that. Maybe I have no idea if these are true. These are just rumors through the networks that I know. So does anyone take seriously their excuse about like, oh, MasterCard made us do it? Um, so they, in the original statement, they said payment processors. And in their uh, recent, most recent statement, I believe they said uh, banking partners. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit confusing because there's like different uh, pressures there as far as I understand. And I, I don't understand super well. Um, I'm kind of new to it. Uh, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was also pressure from the financial systems in some roundabout way. Or even directly, like one theory I had for a while is that it was like a game of chicken, that like the payment processors were like about to impose like very strong uh, like uh, requirements on OnlyFans. And OnlyFans is like, fine, watch us ban porn and watch everybody get fucking pissed at you. Um, that it does like indicate some level of like high strategic foresight that I'm not sure that OnlyFans I, has. I was going to say, I've, I've heard that rumor. And it, yeah, it strikes me as a little uh, uh, 4D chess playing. <laughs> yeah. Um that that to, that I mean big if true, but doubtful. To be clear, you heard that rumor from me because that's my pet theory. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know I've heard that from from uh several different sources actually. That they're like, oh no, this was all like a, a whole ploy to to let the MasterCard know like what Yes, I'm sure that everyone's gonna be mad at them. Yes, I'm sure I, I, you've I, heard it from several places, one of them being episode thirty-seven of the Mind Killer podcast. <laughs> the best from, podcast. From everyone's favorite host, David. 
I, I do think like it's possible that um that it's like some like weaker story than the 4D chess thing where it's possibly that they were like backed into a corner and they didn't think that it was going to work but they're like you know maybe there's like a last ditch chance that, like a side effect of this will be that that side, that they have a lot of pressure like it's possible it wasn't like the primary intent yeah I mean one of the things I saw that I found pretty suspicious when I was uh, googling around about this was that the uh, Leo was uh w- was trying to cash out um, and he couldn't find any investors. Um, yeah. And that because because it's adult content, and that like any other company that had numbers like OnlyFans, they would you know venture capitalists would be like dying to get a piece of it. Yeah. Uh, and he felt like he he wouldn't be able to get out while the adult content was still on there. Why Why would he want to cash out of something that's so profitable? Oh, it's just I guess it's I, I don't I don't know I don't know how venture capital works. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I know people like selling things and get mad when they can't. That is um, true. And this whole thing kind of became a little more explicable to me when I realized that one guy owns a majority share in it. Uh-huh. Um, so there's not like a board of directors out there uh, uh, approving this these things. So yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe this was just like a weird rash decision by some dude. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I've actually met Leo before at one of his parties mm. years ago. Uh, what did you think of him? Pretty. Yeah, he was nice. Pretty basic, uh, like above board. Surprisingly, oh, I remember uh, there was a lot of like the the my free it was my free Ham's party, my free Ham's team, and there's a lot of like sleeping, like the girls were sleeping with the people on the team, but uh, Leo never did, as far as I know, or at least there were no rumors about it. Yeah. So. All right. Good on him. Yeah. Um. So tell us about like what what have the consequences of this been for you? Like, have you lost subscribers? Did your revenue fall? Like, is there, um, is, are you, are you experiencing any, anything you think is permanent from this? Um, I, well, I mean, there's like uncertainty about OnlyFans, like oh, sure. is OnlyFans going to continue to ban porn later? Maybe. Um, and I'm like establishing an account in Fansly, which is going to be the backup account. Um, but like the whole experience was like really annoying. I think, I think I did lose subscribers. It's hard to tell because I, like, I have like a couple other factors that are affecting things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what comes from what. Uh, I was yeah. also moving at the time, so I just, like wasn't posting <laughs> yeah. content. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, definitely, I definitely think there was a decrease in income. Um, and are, but you're still on OnlyFans, right? Yes, I am. Okay, but you're keeping uh, it's Fansly as a backup. Fansly, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, so like moving forward, do you, um, do you feel differently about OnlyFans? Um, are you are you able to? Like, do you feel confident still building a fan base on that platform? Um, I mean, a little less confident, but like, there's not really alternatives. So uh, I don't know. I, I sort of, I thought I'm surprised to be this uncertain about OnlyFans, given I thought OnlyFans was really a sure bet because they're making so much money. They don't really have incentive to fuck with their golden cow. So I don't know. Gold, yeah. or golden goose, rather. Golden cow is a very different concept. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, well, you yeah, know, so there's, I'm sure there's lots of people on the site that get worshipped at. So, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so you don't think Fansly is a very good uh, substitute? I, I think Fansly is a great substitute. It's just network effect. Uh, ah. Fansly has like a ton of features that people would love to have on OnlyFans. They're like way more detail oriented. Like you can have way more control over like the kind of profile that you have. I would prefer it if everybody moved there. I have like a business side question for you. How much of your marketing is actually like handled through OnlyFans versus like Twitter. 
handled through OnlyFans? Like how much yeah. of my marketing yeah. is? Yeah, so like, so um, like you say it's network effects and like network effects implies like the more people are on, are using OnlyFans, the more valuable using OnlyFans is. Uh-huh. And this my, is correct. And my understanding is that like most people on OnlyFans, like that's where they're, that's like how their payments are processed and they how they distribute content. But in terms of like finding new users and so on, it's mostly Twitter, Instagram, etc. Um, and so like it seems like your network effects are mostly coming from Twitter. Um, but it's also possible that I'm just misunderstanding something or I might just be being pedantic. Not sure which. <laughs> No, I think I think to some degree this is true. Um, like a a lot of like I get all of my um, subscribers from marketing off of OnlyFans. OnlyFans has no internal discovery or almost no internal discovery. Um, but in 2017 is when I started OnlyFans. Nobody had ever heard of it. It was extremely small. Um, I started OnlyFans that I used it very similarly to how I'm using it now. Um, and I made almost no money because nobody signed up for it because nobody had signed up for it. Uh, like people didn't want to go put in their payment information to a totally new thing and then uh, like navigate to this website only to see me. Yeah. But like now sense. when people sign up to OnlyFans, like they can subscribe to a bunch of different girls and they go to OnlyFans not to see me, but to see all of the girls that they're subscribed to. And you can get basically every single girl that you want to see in one spot. So mm. it's just a lot of convenience. Okay. Yeah. I think it's similar to how it's easier to sign up for a second sub stack if you're already uh, uh, subscribed to one. Uh, which okay. I should I should remind our listeners we're on Substack now, so uh, give us your money and give Ayla your money too because as I believe we covered already she's the best. <laughs> Thank um, you. So has OnlyFans done anything to try to reestablish trust with uh, sex workers or or reassure people that this you know that they're really not going to do this again? Um, Because all I saw was a kind of patronizing tweet. It was like, (laughs) we love you, sex workers. Yay. That was the first time they'd ever acknowledged sex workers on their platform, as far as I know. Very funny. Yeah. That was something I noticed, too. That um, when, when, so when, when, is his name Leo? Yeah. Yeah. When Leo's out there, when he was out there trying to get investors, you know, they put together a pitch deck. um, And it did, it didn't mention sex work at all. So he's <laughs> out there so trying funny. to sell OnlyFans as like something that, that other than uh, a a site that mostly caters to uh, people looking for uh, sexually explicit content, which I, <laughs> I found so strange. Yeah, it's a very funny move on his part. Like yeah. nobody's going to fall for that. I don't right? know what he thought he was doing. Like, oh, no, we're we're mostly like cooks. And and <laughs> fitness people posting videos. That's what this company is. Um, yeah. Which also, actually, they do have. Yeah. Um, which they announced right before this ban. They have like a safe for work app. Yep. Which yep. Uh, I'm sure was, was part of this decision. They have like a video TV, like OnlyFans TV or something. Yeah. O- OFTV, I think it's called. Yeah. Don't get it. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> But like, so is this, I guess you've done sex work for like over a decade, right? Almost a decade. Yeah. So does this like, is this par for the course for you? Or does this like, 
I, I don't know. Like what, how does, how does this make you feel? Um, like in terms of how you're valued or like how you're looked at by this company who you helped to make a lot of money for. It's, it's actually kind of not par for the course. I'm like kind of surprised for it in some deep way. Like I, I started on webcam sites and this sort of thing was unheard of. This would have been like absolutely mm. shocking. Like, like websites having some sort of like deep financial or like identity crisis uh, that was just, it didn't happen. Like people knew what business they were and they just did the business. Yeah, no, um, no, like, there's no like pivot to non-explicit content. Right. Yeah. So that was just like kind of outside the sphere of possibility. Um, and then with the escorting, uh, there's like definitely that fear, but that was like a really well-established fear. Like maybe the website that you're using to screen or the website you're using to like list your ads, like that might be gone at any point, kind of like Backpage was. Um, so it's like very, two very big extremes there, like, and so with OnlyFans, I thought this was much more similar to the former, where this is sort of like a very clear business model, uh, and we don't have to worry. Um, but it turns out yeah. maybe it's a little bit more like the latter, uh, especially because I think like they didn't ban explicit content because they are personally opposed to explicit content. Like Leo is like clearly very fine with it. Um, it's just some some sort of external pressure going on when they're trying yeah. to survive. Uh, now that was all very interesting, but I did ask you about your feelings. Oh, oh man! <laughs> Which you don't have to talk about that? if you don't want to. Oh, it's but just it was... like how how does it, like does this does this make you feel any certain way like <laughs> yeah. about about how you're how you're viewed by this? Yeah, then this is a rationalist like, podcast. Do we talk about this? <laughs> uh, of course not. Feelings aren't rational. Uh, Insert. I don't know. Here. I don't think I have like super like kind of frustrated, like annoyed. I think mm. my, my, my frustration is more towards the larger thing. Like gotcha. only, I, I only fans, probably the people in it are kind of making the decisions they think is best. And I, maybe I'm like biased. Cause like I've met the only fans or like some of the people on the only fans team and they seem like pro sex work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, like they're, they're clearly trying to, to do something like involving forces. I have no idea. Okay. So I don't think I feel very mad at them. It is like uh, stressful though, to be like financially insecure. I do have like pretty good savings. Like I've been very fortunate on OnlyFans, but uh, you know, it still affects like life plans sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, now, one thing I saw from you um, when this band was first announced was, was uh, a tweet that said, I'm not too worried. There's other competitors ready to fill the gap. Uh-huh. Um, now is that, are you referring to, um, the, the, like the site you referenced earlier? Fansly? Fansly. Uh, um, are, are there other, uh, competitors that you're looking at? Yeah. It's just before OnlyFans even did this, I was being constantly approached by OnlyFans competitors who were like, Hey, Ayla, we're doing this thing. Like, please join us. Or like, please like talk to us and tell us your advice or something. Uh, like there's so much, there's so many people who saw OnlyFans yeah. success and was like chomping at the bit. I mean, like Fansly is like a really good website. Like obviously a ton of work was put into that. So like these, there's like a full team behind it being like ready for the OnlyFans yeah. uh, exodus in some way. So like, I, I really wasn't worried. And are you, are you posting content there now? Or is that just kind of like, well, I'm going to do that if, if OnlyFans doesn't work out. Um, I did post content on it during the six days where we thought that OnlyFans was banning <laughs> content. Uh so, but, but uh, stopped. <laughs> okay, so it's not like it's not like people who want to support you should should switch over now. Uh, I would not say that. I okay. would I would announce that once that okay. became the case. Okay. So, is there like any sort of exclusivity requirement, or um, so like I'm I'm just thinking if you're producing this content anyway, obviously like live streams and that 
sort of thing is different, but like in terms of photos, videos, etc., if you're producing it anyway, uh, is there a reason you don't just like post it anywhere that'll let you post it and uh, let people give you money however they want to? Um, yeah, uh, I'm lazy. That probably would make me more money. <laughs> Completely. I do have an assistant Completely. who I could probably get to do that. And I, I might, she's a little busy right now, but I, I might do that soon. Hmm. But it's just like another thing is like, I have to funnel people into it. Yeah. Like if I have a link tree and I have a bunch of things like it, like dispersing people is slightly more inconvenient. Like I have two Twitters, for example, and I'm like constantly not sure which one to try and get people onto. Hmm. <laughs> oh, and oh, don't follow the, the other, wrong one. <laughs> what's yeah. the other Twitter? It's the naked one. The underscore. Yeah. It's just Ayla girl, no underscore. Oh, which one do you use more? Uh, Ayla underscore girl is the one I use more. Okay. That is the one that I usually see. Yeah. That's the mainstream one. Yeah. yeah if, I didn't realize if, there was one without. If you're not seeing nudity, you're, you're following the mainstream one. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, speaking of Twitter, I actually wanted to ask you if you see any potential for the, the new Twitter super follows. Uh, is that, is that released yet? It is not. But it's, uh, I think it's releasing next month. Oh, cool. I, I would love to, for that to be the case. I would love to like to have diversity off of Twitter, off of OnlyFans with platforms I'm already established on. Especially Reddit. I would fucking love if Reddit could do that. I would lose my absolute shit if Reddit in- introduced something like that. Um, but right. yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think Twitter like might have a really good time with it. But who knows? I'm not an expert here. Yeah, I, I, well, I was wondering if you were like, I wanted to get your perspective because it seems like Twitter is a mainstream enough company that they'd probably get tons of shit if they had sex workers selling things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is another point. It's like I think that if they do introduce that, there's probably going to be some like more weird shit with the sex worker. By the way, Twitter. Sorry, I'm like bumping back in my squeaky chair because I'm physically gesticulating. But like Twitter <laughs> is one of the only social media platforms that allows open escorts on it. Uh, most other platforms will ban you. Oh, do they, they allow actual like in-person escorts to use yep, it? Yep, they, the escorts will advertise. They say I'm flying to like New York to this way. They're like they'll tweet and like photos, sexy photos of them. And huh. Twitter allows that. That's awesome. Way to go, Twitter. For now we'll see. We'll probably we'll probably see it get banned with this recent trend. Yeah, I I would not be confident in that. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of shocked that they haven't been gotten hit with all the sex trafficking charges. I guess they're just too big for people to bother. I think well, they have. I think well, I have seen some movements to do that. Well, until very recently, they were the uh, primary means by which the president of the United States can uh, <laughs> uh, communicated <laughs> with the populace. So if any yeah. social media companies are too big to fail, I'd say that's a uh, pretty solid criterion. Mm. Uh, fair but also they did ban the president of the united states <laughs> that's so uh, i feel like that's i feel true. like they could get away with banning sex workers if that's they uh, true, felt any pressure at all that's true but only after they realized that a he wouldn't be president for much longer and b all the committees in charge of uh regulating them would be um <laughs> the other party uh, yeah. yes controlled by democrats yeah that's fair enough uh sadly there's no pro sex work party so unfortunately unfortunately um uh, so well, there sp- is there is the lp okay <laughs> david just shilling for the libertarian party yes <laughs> as i am required to do by uh state federal and international alternately shilling and mocking them <laughs> <laughs> um so speaking of sex trafficking 
Um, I saw your most recent blog post, which was about sex trafficking. Uh-huh. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell our audience a little about what that was about. Yeah. I just wanted to see if like, I could get a point of evidence around the frequency of sex trafficking by asking people how much they knew somebody who had been sex trafficked. Uh, and obviously that like is subject to a lot of problems because maybe we're not asking the kind of people who know sex traffickers or maybe people do not want to admit being sex trafficked. So I asked a bunch of other calibration questions that we would expect to see subject to the same forces. Um, but turns out sex people reporting knowing somebody who'd been sex trafficked was the very last, the least common thing of all of the things I asked about is the brief overview. Yeah. And um, I know you said you, you were actually surprised by that result. I know I was. Um, yeah. Because you were asking about like lots of really rare things. Yeah, like, like was- winning 10K in the lottery or not being able to read as a child uh, or not never learning, never, never having learned how to read. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, okay, at least those things will probably be lo- like uh, more com- or less common than sex trafficking. But nope. Yeah. So, I mean, so why do you think there's all this constant fur about sex trafficking if it's so, so rare? Oh, I think this is like sexy and like. A vague sense, like the vague sense of like, ooh, this is like serial killers are sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like like uh, Satanists sucking our children's blood is sexy. Um, yeah, and people are like, it like really feeds into the, you know, women, victim, male predator thing, feminism, very topical, um, you know, like the Me Too movement. I don't know, it's like really in line with a lot of that stuff. I mean, do you think it's it's there's anything to it beyond just naked hostility towards sex work? Like, do you think yeah, people are actually concerned about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, when I was living in New York, I like one of my friends was dating somebody who was a sex trafficking activist who I uh, had some issues with. I would Oof. go out on her Instagram and like passively, aggressively correct some statistics. <laughs> she <was doing>. but, <laughs> and she took me to like this art exhibit where it was like anti-sex trafficking. And it was like, well, that was, I mean, I, I believe that they actually wanted it, but there was like definitely some uh, anti-prostitution messages in there. And I was like, dude, I'm offended. I went and I talked to the lady who's putting on the exhibit uh, and I was upset, uh, but like, you know, politely upset. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think these people do genuinely think that they're like helping women. Um, I think it's like one of those unambiguously good things to do. You're like, oh, there's like no possible way helping sex trafficked victims can be bad. Like- there's no evil here. I get to feel solidly like a hero. I have yeah. the vaguest personal recollections, like as a really young child of the satanic panic. And honestly, it it feels like they just slowly backed away from the satanic panic just enough that you could get into the realm of plausibility and have held it there ever since. Because the satanic panic was basically the same kind of thing. They're molesting our children and, and drinking mm-hmm. blood for Satan. And now it's just like, they cut out the Satan bit because that was too unbelievable and it's gone huge. And I, I have a hard time understanding how humans have this big of a failure mode. It, it seems almost like a U.S. centric thing only, right? Cause we are the ones that are yeah. all crazy yeah. about protect the children and find them in the pizza hut basements. Yeah. And like, as far as like the prevalence of um, sex trafficking, like the most telling thing for me is that if you look at those, anti-sex tra- trafficking activists they will write like um things like a hundred thousand people have suffered from sex trafficking and they'll write the a hundred thousand in a really big font to try to keep you from noticing that that's like uh less than 0.01 percent of the population of the planet earth which like 
I like it, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how much of even that number is just like consensual sex work that involves immigration in some capacity. But, like, I imagine there's some sort of sex trafficking that is pretty unpleasant. But, like, mm -hmm. in terms of the broad sweep of human tragedy, like, you'd need something really, really bad for something that, um, that only affects, like, six digits worth of people on a planet and of seven and change billion to even move the needle in a world where malaria is. And that's why it's important to understand base rates. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what someone should do is they should compare the prevalence of sex trafficking to a bunch of other things um, that people also <laughs> suffer from and then compare them. Uh, uh, which I think would be very me, interesting. I just need to <laughs> add let, an let me item if... to my to-do list real quick. <laughs> like, the worst part is that they the numbers are so fucking counting things they should not count that yeah. you can't even trust any of the numbers they put. Like, we don't know how bad sex trafficking actually is because the only numbers available are just grossly overstated by people with this huge agenda. And that's really yeah. frustrating. Yeah, if you Google, I forget exactly what if you Google, if you Google, like, how many people are sex trafficked or something, the first result, you know, like the Google highlighted result, it's like, it's like 200,000 to 800,000 are estimated to be at risk of of trafficking it's yeah. like they just sneak the at risk in there oh. like no it's not the amount of people that are trafficked it's at risk but they present it very like confidently like this is the answer to your question how many people are sex trafficked yes and, and, and again, yeah. and again number. write the number in a really big font because all as we all know if you write a number in a big font then people think it's a big number <laughs> well it's it's as bad as the as the uh reports that 25% of women that go to uh, college have been raped, which makes it like a worse number than some war zones. And yet people still go to college. And then you find out that the rape term was uh, some reporter misreporting what is sexually assault, what should be sexually assaulted. And then that the report that uh, the, the study that actually concluded that uh, included things like was made to feel uncomfortable in a vaguely yeah. sexual sense. I'm like, that's, I mean, you go from I was vaguely sexually uncomfortable to 25% of women here are being raped, and it's it makes Ooh. you go crazy. I feel vaguely sexually uncomfortable now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, by the criterion that that number came from, I have both raped someone and been raped in the same encounter. <laughs> Simultaneously. I think we've raped each other a few times. <laughs> All right, everyone stop raping each other. <laughs> not what this podcast is right about uh, so uh, Ayla I saw an interview with you from this past November where you were talking about how um, you had an idea for like an ad swap service or like a content yeah. creator directory for OnlyFans. And I was wondering if uh, if you'd ever revisited that idea or taken any uh, steps toward doing that. Yeah. Especially, especially uh, in light of what's going on with OnlyFans. Uh, Crosscollab.co. It is up and running and people are using it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Crosscollab.co. Yeah. All right, great. It's we'll link like, that in the show notes. It's not like popping right now. I think we're still experimenting. Uh, basically, like this, like a great team and I'm like kind of helping like basically on that podcast, um, I like explained the thing that I wanted 
And and then I was contacted by some people who like built a prototype of the thing and then just like, was like, Hey, can we have a call? We built it. Oh, cool. Yeah. In that interview, we were like, this is the thing I would build if I was going to do something like that. Um, but yeah, that's very cool. Oh, look, I see it. It's your face right on the, uh, the homepage. Yep. There it is. All right. So it's, uh, it's not like it's not like you know taking off or anything, but like it does see some like low consistent use, which is a well, good sign. Well, we're we're mentioning it on the podcast, so I'm sure it's going to. Yeah. So I hope your uh, your rationalist listener base will uh, sign up for this OnlyFans ad exchange <laughs> program. Yes. Well, it yes, sounds like a very have... rational thing to do. <laughs> yeah, we have dozens of listeners. Dozens. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, go ahead, Eniash. On the plus side, they're all incredibly sexy because we screen our listeners for sexiness. Oh, That's nice. Yeah. Nice. That makes us a little more fun. It's actually listening to the podcast makes you sexier. Wow. I know. I, it's not even, we didn't even do it on purpose. It just happens. <laughs> just imagine what it does for being a guest on the podcast. <laughs> I can feel my breasts growing larger as we speak. To the moon. Mission accomplished. <laughs> um... All right, so that was all the questions I had about the OnlyFans situation specifically. Um, but I did want to get your, just like a broad um, question about like, what what do you think is like the current state of sex work currently? Um, because I know like there's lots of, there there is OnlyFans for now. Um, I think there's lots of options for sex workers that didn't necessarily exist in the past. But at the same time, there does seem to be a growing movement uh to describe all sex work as sex trafficking um and basically shut down anything that caters to sex workers so how how do you feel like the state of sex work is currently in in this country anyway i mean you seem to summarize it pretty well i think we have like a growing <laughs> movement of acceptance and like a because of the growing visibility we have a growing pushback it's interesting though to compare this movement to other movements like um like uh like the gender fluid people or the uh the gays um, like, cause like they had this a kind of a similar thing. Like, like we had the similar conceptions, like, well, we can't allow them around our children or like, uh, oh, this like indicates some sort of like deep corruption, um, or, oh, they're a threat to us, uh, because they're like sexually deviant in some way. And so we have a very similar thing happening here with sex workers. Uh, but it's interesting because this is like female specific and the other ones were, uh, like, uh, both genders or even specifically male. Like when we think of like homosexuality, I think like gay men are more visible. And when we think of like trans rights, like usually, um, we like the conservatives view it as like men pretending to be women. And so they view it as more male. Um, but for here, it's like a specifically female thing. And I think that's like really affecting the way that people are trying to stigmatize it because it's hard to, to tell women that they, um, have the responsibility to to like not be sex workers, which is why I kind of admire in some dark way, like the legal system in the U S's approach to it. Like they at least are not infantilizing women in the way that the Nordic model does. Um, they're at least like, Oh, like we think this is a wrong thing that you're doing. So we're going to imprison both the women and the men. Um, so I, I like, I kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, prefer that. Almost. Way to go. U S legal system. <laughs> right. Equal opportunity persecution. Yeah, right but but a lot of the like the feminist approach is sort of like oh we don't like this thing but uh we can't describe women agency so uh, we're going to, to view it as like a predatory thing that men are doing to women um and then hence the emphasis on sex trafficking because it fits in very well to that and uh here we are today that's a that's an interesting point about it being a predominantly um 
woman thing, um, which makes sense that uh, the 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 fight is the the sort of terminology has changed to sex trafficking because it paints these women as victims. Um, and I'm glad to hear that you think that there is a growing acceptance because I wasn't sure how that felt from like inside the industry. Uh, oh yeah. Definitely. I, I can feel it. Like when I first started doing sex work and I would tell people about it, like there was a sort of shock or something like, oh, wow. Like, I can't believe you like you would just say that. Um, and now it's much more normal or something like I say it and people are like, oh, cool. Like the attitudes are changing. I can feel it in my social circles. Is oh, that good. do you think of your particular social bubble or do you think that's even getting into the wider public? Um, hard to tell. I suspect it's independent of my social bubble. I mean, not that you can entirely be not part of the social bubble, but like, for example, yesterday I went to a party where I knew nobody and I had no idea what like the connections were that brought people there. Um, and, and the people were totally accepting of sex work. Um, whereas like before I would go to a similar kind of party where I knew nobody and people would be like, wow, I mean, they would, they'd still be accepting, but like definitely more uh, scandalized. I on I appreciate uh your you, what you're doing to help destigmatize it on a personal level. Um because uh I have a 2-year-old and her name is Roxanne. Oh. And uh most people's um yeah, I know it's a great name and we named her that because it's just a cool name. Um but most people's association with it is the Sting song, which is about a sex worker. Uh-huh. Um and uh you know, so I feel like there's a conversation in my future with her. About like, oh, yes, people might try to make you feel sh- embarrassed about that. But uh, actually, sex work is fine and you shouldn't. Aww. It's not a thing to feel embarrassed about. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for everyone out there doing their part to uh, help it be a thing that people don't feel embarrassed about. Oh, that's such a sweet thing. I'm, re- I'm really glad. They, that's, I, I feel warm. <laughs> Good. And one, so one other thing I wanted to ask you about, since this is ostensibly a politics show is I wanted to ask how you've, are are you aware of this bill in California that is proposing to, to create civil liability for online distributors of what they're saying, non-consensual sexually, sexually explicit content? I don't think so. Okay. So maybe I am, but maybe I forgot it was the California one. So from what I gather, it's, um, it creates like a really stiff penalty, like it's hundred thousand dollars for every two hours. Um, any non-consensual sexu- sexually explicit content stays up after two notice hours. has been given. Two hours, I know. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so it's like you'll be bankrupt um, if yeah, you don't that, take that's it. Fuck any startup. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Is like because on its face it sounds reasonable because it only applies to, to non-consensual. Uh, content. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like when they mention that, it sounds very reasonable um, because I don't think anyone's in favor of like revenge porn or like people being put up without their consent. Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to get your perspective on this because I feel like you probably know how that could be misused to just end up harassing anyone who does any kind of sexually explicit content. Well, I mean, it places like a huge amount of pressure on the platforms. Like you have to have a lot of resources to quickly review the things that are reported to you, which means that like if you're if you want to be a competition platform for any of the big existing ones, it's a lot harder. Uh, It seems like a a platform issue as opposed to like a a sex worker specific issue. Like I don't expect that I would have any uh, like direct impact from that, except from like platforms uh, being like a lot more annoying to work with. 
Gotcha. Like the thing that kind of jumped out to me about it is that, you know, if they if they only give you two hours, you're not going to be able to verify anything in that amount of time. So, so like, like that it is sex trafficked. It's to, to, verif- to verify that it's not that, 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 that it's been posted without the consent of the person in it. Um, so like if somebody just decides they have a problem with you, they could contact OnlyFans every time you post a video and be like, oh, that's me. And I don't I didn't consent to that. Hmm. Uh, and what are they yeah, supposed I, to do? I wonder because uh, there's like pretty strict identity and identity verification stuff that you have to upload. And like mm-hmm. if you have another performer, uh, you have to have them like sign like I, I consent to have, like having performed. And like I wonder if that would protect them. Or not. I think I sort of was just implicitly assuming it would protect them. Like if somebody like reported my contact as being sex trafficked, but like I have a bunch of like stuff of my stuff on file with them uh, where it's like appears that I'm consensual. I wonder if that would be a neat sort of protection. Uh, but if it's not, you're right. This could probably be very abused, very much like the DMCA system. Yeah, well, it, it's just the the fact that the penalty is so high, I feel like they would just everyone would have to be super conservative about it. Because even if they have all this documentation, if you're wrong, you know, unless it, I, I don't think there's any um, defense in the bill to like, you know, I thought it was consensual. Um, so right. if they're wrong, like they're screwed. So I feel like they'll just take down everything. I just, I feel like if I were like a sex trafficker, I wouldn't be trying to upload my content to like YouPorn or OnlyFans or something. Like that seems like such a dumb ass move. Yeah. Because a lot of these websites now they're like requiring proof of your identity to upload anything. And like, and it's like pretty good. Like you have to do like a live photo thing. Like I'm sure there's ways to to hack it, but it's like not easy to like, I, I don't, I feel like up until like the recent things that people, uh, invoked i could have easily like fake the identify i did any verification systems but now i don't know how to gotcha um and so the last thing i wanted to ask you about was do you are you aware of the um prosecutor's decision in manhattan to stop prosecuting prostitution and unlicensed massage charges oh yeah yeah i was like man i should move back to new york <laughs> and start, start going at it again uh, good, good. Well, I wanted to ask you about that to, to, cause basically I feel like I, I see stuff like this all the time and it turns out it's like not as good as it sounds. Um, so I just wanted to ask you if you know anything about it and if it's actually like what it says on the tin. Oh no, I, I haven't really looked into it. Okay. Um, but my suspicion, like if I had to guess, it would be like moving in the Nordic model way. Like I think that people are generally more supportive of the Nordic model and this is like, Oh, we don't prosecute the, uh, the poor victim prostitutes we prosecute like the evil men who pay for it mm-hmm. sounds what it sounds like to me yeah the article i read about it didn't mention anything like that but i couldn't really find details um hmm. so hopefully that they're not just you know going after the demand side which yes well, i mean i i thought if i remember correctly it was just de- not prosecuting the people who were workers but i i could have misremember i didn't look into um, it they that was the announcement they're they, they, I don't think there was anything in the announcement about the purchasers. Um, so I guess that means they're still prosecuting them. Yeah. But one of the nice things about it that I saw is they are, uh, it sounded like they're expunging past convictions. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah. So they're like seriously doing it. Um, and I'm not sure if it was that or if it's just they have this like giant backlog of cases that they were prosecuting. They're just dismissing. Um, but uh, they were making a big deal about how, like, they're they're erasing this from people's records. Uh, so hopefully that's what it is. Yeah, that's a good start. 
So it's baby steps. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Um, so that was all the questions I had. Eniosh, I know you said you had some questions you wanted to ask. Uh, well, the first one was related to this, but you already covered it. It was about the uh, the really interesting research that Ayla had recently done. The other one, um, so I, I don't get on Twitter very often. I may have missed what sparked this, but I was really interested. You have all these questions about whether things are more masculine or feminine, um, ranging from things like elevators to cities to uh, concepts, emotions like curiosity. I was like wondering, is this is this for a project of some kind? What's the... Uh, What's all this um, getting getting the polls on how things are perceived as male or female or masculine <laughs> uh, or feminine, rather? Um, mostly for fun. It was inspired by a conversation I was having IRL with one of my roommates where she was saying something like, uh, I forget what, but like, uh, like, what even is masculinity and femininity? Like, I don't even understand, like, the differences between it. And then I was like, oh, well, we can find out. <laughs> we can uh, crowdsource <laughs> this. And then, and then I started... I originally went to like ask kind of stereotypical things about masculinity and femininity. Uh, but then I got interested in, in like, what are things that we don't typically ascribe like gender to? And like, I wonder how many of those things like actually have subconscious gender that people associate with it. There's some yeah. fascinating ones. Like thrift stores are 70% female, but pawn shops are 88% male. Even though they're <laughs> very, very similar things. Right. I think it's because clothes and thrift shops and like, like uh, tools and pawn shops, maybe? Yeah, it's hilarious that you mentioned that because literally earlier today, I was pondering about how uh, pawn shops are basically just thrift stores, except one is red tribe coded and the other's blue tribe coded. So, Ooh. yeah. Huh. So, Eniash, you said you're familiar with the game Asshole, right? Yeah. Uh, so for the listeners who don't know, Asshole is a really fun game that just consists of, I think it's like, 200 or 300 little cards that all have like really personal questions on them um, and they're coded by how personal they are so like the more personal questions are different colors um, and if you go to askhole.io you can order it and um, do you still have the yeah we, we are in stock the... right now but okay. we'll be back in stock at some point but you can also play it um, yes. online which i used to do um when the when lockdown started, I would uh, with my my personal Discord server would play Ask Call. Oh, that's so fun! Oh, yeah. so nice to hear. Yeah. What I, so what I would do is we didn't actually play the game, you know, the way the way it says to play it because we're rule breakers. Um, <laughs> but I would just uh, I would just go there and like copy like take one of the questions and post it in the Discord, and we would all talk about it. See, that's the way it was intended to be used. Like when I originally developed this, it was like, and I play tested it a lot. I just like printed out the questions on pieces of paper mm-hmm. um, and I would like hand people a stack. And then very commonly the way that people would react to it is like, how do I play this game? And I'm like, no, it's not a game. It's like, just like, I don't know, like conversational questions yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But like, people kept looking for rules. So finally we were like, fine. Like me and my co-founder. <laughs> fine. I'll make some rules. My co-founder Rothgar. Yeah. Like we came up with a, nice. a set of rules. Like here and, you go. <laughs> and just, just to give, just to give people an example, I just went to the site right now and the card that's out as an example, is if you had to fuck a cow, would you rather it be dead or alive? So, like, that's the kind of question we're talking about here. But, Eniash, the reason I brought this up is because, um, and Ayla, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe these were mostly just questions you would ask it on your Twitter. Uh, yeah, the the questions were sourced from, uh, well, I made, like, a giant list of questions. I've just collected them over the years from, like, friends or conversations and the, also the Twitter polls. Um, and so, 
like mixed them all together. And I ranked the Twitter questions by how uh, much attention they got, like how many retweets and likes, and then also the amount of discussion that it generated. Um, and also things like uh, I gave like more points to questions that divided the answers 50, 50. Um, and also ones that were split by gender. So ones that like men and women answered like meaningfully differently. So I put all the, the uh, these questions into a big spreadsheet, the, like the ones that like passed a certain threshold um, and then got like 10 people to go down and like rate each question according to how much they wanted to hear other people answer that question. And then we took the top 25 um, from each of the four, the five categories and put those in the deck. You Twitter see was people? actually used for something good. I'll be damned. You see these people's spreadsheets. <laughs> That's how you become an OnlyFans top earner. It's true. <laughs> Spreadsheets are amazing. Yes, for so much in life. Everything can be improved with spreadsheets. Except maybe sex. But even sex, you could probably That's improve. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. I, I tracked I my you. escorting with spreadsheets. Oh, there we um, go. This is true. I did track uh, like a frequency of orgasm uh, along with a lot of other things. So, I mean, it's one, one thing to track. Oh. I am, uh, I'm having flashbacks to mall rats. Oh, <laughs> um, I there's one version that I haven't seen like actually successfully executed yet, which is like at a big party where everybody like has a question and you go ask somebody the question and then you exchange your card with their card after you ask and then you go find somebody else and then you exchange it again after you ask them the question. So the, the cards keep like filtering through and you keep like getting new cards as you exchange. Yeah, that's in the official rules, right? Yeah, I've never seen anybody what? actually do it. Now. All right, well, now yeah. I have to throw this party. <laughs> if you're ever on the East Coast, uh, let me know and I'll throw that party and you can come do it. Yeah, I think it's because it requires like communal knowledge of the rules that we're all participating in a thing. You can't like pull it out in the middle of a party and be like, hey, everybody kind of do this thing. No, it doesn't you, really work. you could at one of my parties. My okay. my, my people are game. Well, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> It could be one of those secret games that you get inducted to throughout the course of the party. Like you feel like you're being drawn into a conspiracy of people playing this game as it oh, goes that's on. That's true. You just go up to someone, you hand them a card. Yeah, and you're like, hey, more fun that way. Here's your task. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. See, look, we'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. Um. All right. Uh, Eniash, did you have any other questions? No, that about covered it for me. Okay, David, have anything that you want to ask Ayla? I mean, to be honest, I have tons of questions about all sorts of things, but those would be entire other episodes, so <laughs> n- nothing in this vein. <laughs> I want to I put in a plug here, uh, which I meant to do when we were talking about uh, sex trafficking earlier. Um, for the listeners who just tuned in for, uh, to hear Ayla, which I'm sure there are a lot of you, because people love her. <laughs> Much more um, than us, despite how sexy we make our listeners. Go... <laughs> I, I want to put in a plug for our last episode where uh, uh, Inyash's troop deployment was that sex work is or sex trafficking is actually good. Uh, it's as David said, sort of the clickbaity title, but I make a case for it because of how sex trafficking is defined. Uh, oh, that's so, interesting. So go listen to that episode, um, and then all our other episodes, and then subscribe to our Substack and give us money. Yes. The troop uh, deployments, if anybody wants to skip just to that, are at the very end. And no, Wes always don't has skip to it. Okay, you have no, to don't, listen don't. to the whole thing. It's very right, interesting. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> Wes consistently has the best troop deployments because he generally writes them out beforehand. He's a lawyer and shit. And this is like one of the few I actually wrote out. And I think it helped. Uh, you were much more coherent than usual. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Ayla, do you have any closing thoughts that you want to add? Uh I, I I hadn't generated any. Um, 
<laughs> okay. Now, now well, I feel like I should, but I don't. Well, tell people where they can find you. Um, I know you've got a Twitter. You've got your OnlyFans. Any any plugs you want to put out? Yeah, my Twitter is Ayla Girl A E L L A underscore Girl. Leave out the underscore if you want uh, my clothes off of my body, which you uh, do. And keep, <laughs> and keep the don't pretend you don't. You like uh, like me pretending to be like uh, smart or something. Um, <laughs> my uh, blog is knowingless, K-N-O-W, knowingless.com. Yeah, and we'll link all this in the show notes so you don't have to remember. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Ayla, for joining us. This was awesome. Yeah, thank um, you so I, much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.